Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ew. Ew. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we've got an exciting show. We are continuing our divisional deep dives. We're sticking with the AFC this week. We're going east. East side. East. East side. There's, you know, this division has always been the Patriots and a bunch of nothing else. But now we have the Bills, who are looking very exciting. And now the Patriots kind of took a step back. There's not as many fantasy players. Like, I'm really excited to own in that offense. But the Jets have some young pieces, maybe, that we'll Question talk mark, about. question mark, question mark. As well as Miami. You know, they're, they're growing. So there's a lot to talk about here, even if it's in a weaker division. There, there is, there's plenty to talk about. It's, I don't know how much of these guys we'll talk about in the front end of your drafts. <laughs> Yeah. Most of them will either be towards the end or or not be involved in your drafts. But so they could be a huge part of you actually winning this year. Like, if you hit yes. on one of those players, that's yes. great. It's kind of like John Brown and Josh Allen last year. They were going so late. We were big fans, so we're just yeah. going to give us a little pat on the back there. And, you know, they really helped you last season because of how late they were going a and it's a value factor yes and then how much they helped you throughout the season john brown was a very solid wide receiver too there for a long time of the season and then you know kind of fell off at the end but we'll talk about that later for real don't forget to check out ballblastfootball.com lots of pre-draft goodies there for you check us out on patreon patreon.com slash ballblast lots of exclusive content our full team rankings full 32 team projections like we've got so much content up there uh, there's going to be a lot of betting information throughout the season so um, if you're looking at those preseason bets uh bets are are our bets, our Matthew bets. <laughs> oh my goodness! It just sounds the, like you're stuttering, but no, but you're I, actually <laughs> saying two different things. I'm actually saying two different things. Yeah, his series is going to be called Bets is Bets because his why last not? name is Matthew Bets, or his last name is just Bets. <laughs> his is last great. name is Matthew Bets. Yeah, good lord! Uh, don't forget to check out their podcast, the Red Shirts Dynasty Pod. Um, we have so much exciting stuff coming up, so please keep an eye out on BallBlastFootball.com. If there is some content that you need to prep for your drafts, now is the time to holler so we can get you ready. Because, what, we've got a, a week, maybe, before, before your, your, drafts, your redraft yeah. really your redraft season really starts kicking up. So uh, let's get into the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Why do you do that sometimes? I it's only sometimes. But why? Like I, do you, do you, does it come in your head like this is going to be really funny? Yeah. Like I do it like half the time. This is like, the time to insert that little You're like Andy in the car when he's going on the sales drive. Beer me. Yeah, beer me. He's like it gets a, it gets a laugh half the time. I think he said a quarter of the time. A quarter of the time. Well, it gets a laugh like 20% of the time. You'll be lucky to get a laugh a quarter of the time. <laughs> 
What? Whatever. All right, let's get into the actual news. Um, the Eagles have listed Miles Sanders as week to week with a lower body injury. Should be ready to go by week one, but we don't know what the injury is. That's what's concerning to mm. me. I actually think he will be fine. He'll be good to go by week one, but. I would love to just know what it is. Is it an ankle issue? Is it a knee issue? Is it a soft tissue injury? Yes. That is that a hamstring? Linger. Yeah. I, I think that we don't have enough information to really react to this yet, other than the fact that it's week to week. Obviously, I, I don't like week to week, especially... Week to week is like long, right? That's, Normally, that's super long, yeah. People say day to day, don't worry about it. Week to week. I mean, there's three weeks before the season or nearly four, I guess. So he should be fine, but week to week could mean two Anything. weeks, three weeks. And that, that's the thing. If they were optimistic that he would return even in a week, they'd probably label him day to day. So I don't, I don't like the labeling of that injury. I also don't like the fact that this is a lower body injury. Obviously, he is a running back. A lot of that power comes from the lower body. It, depending on what the injury is, again, we don't know. But that could be a significant hindrance. I think the biggest concern when we first heard this is, oh, no, what if they go sign Devonta Freeman, right? Devonta Freeman's just sitting out there, and it's scaring all of our fantasy shares. We're like, please don't sign with the team of the running back that we want to draft, right? Yeah. And it's not even to say that Freeman's good because, you know, he's going to come to a team. But he will get he touches. he won't be that good, but he will steal touches. Yeah, that's the thing. So I really hope that this injury doesn't make the Eagles feel the need to sign a vet. But I, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, actually. Like, I felt like it would have happened rather quickly. Unless maybe they have just that much faith in Boston Scott. Yeah, or Michael Warren. He did go undrafted. Or Corey Clement. Was not expected for Michael Warren to go undrafted. I thought he'd be a fifth-round pick. Like, I really did think thought it would go in the fifth round or so. So I think he has the talent to actually steal some snaps away if okay. Miles Sanders isn't fully healthy. If Miles Sanders is fully healthy, he's he's a first round fantasy running back. No, I I I can't buy in. I've already given my reasoning. Um, I've already been eaten alive on Twitter for that. My my reservation is not the upside. It is the floor. I I feel safer with other options there. So. He is not a first-round running back to me. I do know that they came out to say that he is the workhorse, which is fantastic. If anything, maybe this injury bumps down his ADP so that I feel comfortable drafting him. Yeah, sure. All right, moving on. Justin Jackson is playing ahead of rookie Joshua Kelly, which I think we should expect at this point in practice that Joshua Kelly wasn't just going to come in. and I mean, he's a fourth-round rookie running back and just steal Justin Jackson's job right off the bat. And I do think one of these two guys are going to be involved throughout the season with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is the main guy there. He's the running back you want to draft in that offense. He looks good. But if you want to take a shot on one of these two later on in the draft, they're both extremely cheap. And I do think one of them is going to see over 100 carries probably this season. I do think it's going to start as Justin Jackson. We'll see if he can stay healthy. A, he's a smaller back that... You know, it's been injured quite a bit in his career. Or if it's the bigger back in Joshua Kelly that eventually takes over. I'm not a massive fan of either one, either one of them in regards to talent. 
Like, I don't think they're that talented of But one backs. of them is going to see work. But one of them's going to see work. So if you want to take a shot on a guy that could get some volume on a decent offense that should be running a lot, maybe they'll have some goal line opportunities. I, I don't mind taking a shot on one of these. And You'll both of them are dropping them. But oh, yeah. You might as well. You could take a shot if you want. If but you get a you, running back. If you draft the right one, you probably will not be drafting or dropping them, right? Like, it, it could go both ways. So there, I think there's a lot of opportunity. But the nice thing is that neither of these guys are having uh, their draft capital really boosted right now. It doesn't seem like they're climbing the ranks in average draft position. Um, so both of them are essentially free in your leagues and could make a really great round flyer for the potential workload. What I'll say is last year before Melvin Gordon came back, there was no other running back with Eckler that was playable for fantasy. It was just Austin Eckler. So there doesn't have to be another running back, but like we're saying, there could just be some volume there for them, someone to keep an eye on. Next up, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is believed to be the week one starter at quarterback. What? Ryan Fitz magic. He is magical sometimes, half the time. When he feels like it. When he feels like it. Well, no, this is this news came from the Athletics. Josh, ooh, I don't know how to say last names. Tolentino. Tolentino. I Tolentino. think that looks pretty good. Josh, uh, sorry about that. He believes it's clear that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the week one starter. Uh, I think that's good news for fantasy. Oh, I think that's fantastic news for fantasy. This should be a huge bump for Devontae Parker. Yep. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick will just throw and throw and throw and throw deep, and he doesn't care if he's he intercepted mind. six times in a game. He's okay with it. <laughs> but if Tua was to come in anytime early in the season, it's a little bit scary for those fantasy wide receivers just for the fact that he's a rookie, and rookie quarterbacks are not great for fantasy wide receivers. And I don't think Tua is willing to just sling it the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Oh, for sure. But we will be talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua later on in this episode. Since I was going to say, AFC there's, a, there's some, a lot of news about the AFC East. Our yeah. next item, Patriots second year running back Damian Harris is getting a heavy workload early in camp. Hmm. I mean, Lamar Miller's out. I mean, they signed him just to put him on the pup. That's interesting. I That might, like, to me, that indicates that he's probably just a depth signing, right? You can't be signing a guy putting him on the pup list, and then expecting something. Well, everyone him. thought they signed him because Sony Michelle wasn't ready to go. Yeah. Well, obviously, Lamar Miller's not ready to go either. So Lamar Miller and Sony Michelle have Who been, is ready to go? They, they've been out with uh, injuries, so it's next man up, which is Damian Harris, the rookie from last year, who's third-round pick, didn't get any time. He's apparently getting time now and getting a heavy workload early in camp. I still think the only running back to really pay attention to here is James White. But again, we are talking about the AFC East, so we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, NBC Sports' J.P. Finley believes Bryce Love, my boy, is uh, Washington's number two running back. And that's good news, right? Yeah, and I I think, you know, Bryce Love is another guy that's been super underrated. You see the, the Washington... Uh, running back Antonio Gibson, former wide receiver turned running back, has never exceeded, what, 33 carries in a season. He was just sort of thrust into this role. Um, I, I think that everybody's hyping this guy so much that Bryce Love is absolutely being forgotten. And he, especially in your home leagues, Bryce Love could end up being a 
league winning pick because you I can don't get think him he... in the last round. And I truly believe that he'll get a good amount of carries as long as the team doesn't just stick with Adrian Peterson all year long. I, I guess I could see Adrian Peterson getting another 250 carries, but if this team isn't a winning team, you would think they want to see what young potential they have on their offense. Maybe I'm wrong. Coaches prove us wrong all the time and are stubborn and stick with their vets that are not very productive just to stick with them for no reason. But I do think Bryce Love is a more talented running back than Antonio Gibson. We are all biased right now because, you know, rookies are the hot thing. And but They're Bryce so Love, hot. Bryce Love was the better running back in college. He's a better prospect. We haven't got to see Love yet in the NFL because he had a red shirt his rookie season due to tearing that ACL his last collegiate game. Great news is coming out of camp about Love. Ron Rivera is saying great things about how he looks. And apparently the knee's not bothering at all. He's not wearing a knee brace and he's fully healthy. Which is more than we can say for Carrion Johnson, who is still wearing a knee brace. That's something to keep an eye on for sure. That he's still it's a pretty big knee brace. It looks pretty intensive. So DeAndre Swift could really steal that role pretty quickly in Detroit. That was not on our list to talk about news, but that was a good news piece. And then last up for news, coach Kyle Shanahan said first round rookie. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk is further ahead than a lot of rookies. Now, I didn't want to put too much coach speak into our news and notes because I don't think it matters too much. It's coach And also, speak. Kyle Shanahan, how do you know where all the other rookie wide receivers are? Well, I think he's saying in his experience of what where, um. where rookies are normally are at this point of camp. But the only reason I'm adding this is because Brandon Ayuk actually has a perfect opportunity. You have Debo Samuel, who probably won't be ready by week one. You have Jalen Hurd, who is expected to take a step up in his second year. Just tear his ACL. He's out for the season. There really is no other wide receivers there. I mean, you have Kendrick Bourne. He will be involved. And then a bunch of... Eh. Like, Dante Pettis, is he going to step up? So I think Brandon Ayuk's in a great situation. They drafted him in the first round, like pretty early first round. And Kyle Shanahan has great things to say about him. And we know Shanahan's not nice to everybody because he put down (laughs) Pettis at every moment he could last season. So maybe we should listen to him. Maybe he tells the truth. I think Brandon Ayuk is a very interesting later draft pick for any of the rookie wide receivers he's one that I might trust the most yeah he's definitely going to have the opportunity and I think that um like the ball just has to go somewhere unless they're going to hand it to Raheem Mostert like 300 times is that is that within the realm of possibility I don't know uh obviously George Kittle is going to explode but Brandon Ake is definitely interesting and you talked about Dante Pettis he's actually gotten some hype this week which is probably the first time he's gotten hype. And when we say hype, it was like he actually had a decent practice. Like that was yeah. the report was that he had a solid practice for once. Yeah. Like everyone can have one good practice. I don't but know. But everybody was just like way too surprised by that. So maybe, maybe like we saw all of the metrics come together for Dante Pettis at the end of 2018. Terrible season, terrible off season. It sounds like he's come to camp much more prepared than he did last season. Maybe we see that reemergence. Pettis is going to have the opportunity. There are not that, wide exactly. receivers there. So he could fight for the job. We'll see if he can step up, if he's doing putting in the work. Because we see he has talent. He just, something's off there. So I'm not 
saying Pettis can't be better, but he's not a guy I'm looking to draft or take that risk on again this year. If I'm going to take a risk on one of these wide receivers, it's Brandon Ayuk, a rookie we really liked coming out of college. His route running is oh, fantastic. His so smooth. Yards after the catch. And we know Jimmy G loves to pass short and let his wide receivers do work after the catch. So I think this is a great pairing. I thought you were going to say we know Jimmy G likes to throw short and let everybody else do all of the work. And I was like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. All right. We do need to head into our segment for the day talking about the AFC East. But before we do that, let's talk about fan draft. We are heading into prime draft season. You only have weeks left. If you haven't prepped for your drafts, I don't know what to tell you, but good news. I have I have an option for the slackers out there, not just for those who are, are prepared and order their draft kits week ahead. You don't need to do that. Go to fandraft.com and use their virtual drafting board. You're able to use that remotely if you're having a uh, online draft. So uh, we actually have been playing around with this tool. You can do booze. You can oh my do- goodness, when you make a selection, Everyone that's drafting with you can hit a button to react. It, it cheers to you or boos you. So, <laughs> you know, you like to heckle your league mates when they make a pick. Even if it's a good pick, you're like, boo, that's a terrible pick. Yes. You know? Or I mean sometimes you give them, wow, good pick, good pick. Yeah, so you can you can react in live time. So even if, you know, maybe due to COVID nineteen, you have to separate yourselves for this year's draft, which is a su- oh, it's a such a bummer. But guess what you can still have that sort of camaraderie around your draft picks you uh if if you're doing an in-person draft you can do walk-up songs which is awesome yeah you can do walk-up songs and if you're doing the in-person draft and you don't want to all touch the stickers i think that's the biggest thing this year like okay you could still have your in-person draft and still be safe and still try not to like be more dangerous than you need to be during this pandemic don't all go up there and touch the stickers and mess with them and go touch the board and have to stand up and walk so much. Like, it looks just like the sticker board, but you can pick from the site. You have your walk-up song, so it's not just like you picking. Like, you can do, like, a whole lead-up, and then your the picture pops up of the player you draft. People can react to it with noises, which would be hilarious. And In addition even, to their real-life booze, yeah, which is, like, the best. You can project this thing on the wall if you want to. Like, yeah. make it as fun as you want. But I think this is a great great platform most especially for this offseason oh absolutely i feel like the the timing of this could not be more perfect and speaking of good timing we have a promo code for you heading into your draft orders ball blast 15 you get 15 percent off of the best online draft board that you could possibly spend your money on don't forget to check out fandraft.com for your online draft board ball blast 15 The AFC East side. Playing just like two seconds of that song is cruel and mean because you just want to listen to the whole thing. It's such a feel-good song. That's Benny Blanco, East Side. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. We, I think the song's like 17 years old, but we just recently became obsessed. I don't know why. We always do that with songs, though, because we don't listen to the radio. Do people listen to radio anymore, but we're so out of the loop. What's a radio? <laughs> we're so out of the loop with new music that finally, like, three years after the song comes out, we're like, we play it nonstop. And also, like, podcasts. <laughs> like, who listens to the radio anymore? Yeah. Hopefully not you guys who are listening to this podcast. Um, let's get into quarterbacks. So we're going to break it down here. 
We're going to talk about the quarterbacks of the AFC East. We've got Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, and Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Tua. But as we said, we think it's probably for now at least Fitzpatrick's job. Um, Let's talk about who you want based on their current average draft position. Josh Allen, he's clearly going highest out of all these, uh, going up the 706 on average. Cam Newton being drafted in the end of the 13th round. Sam Darnold and the Miami duo undrafted. Yeah, they're not really being drafted in redraft leagues. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some leagues where someone were to take Sam Darnold super late, but his ADP says that in most leagues he's not being drafted. Now let's start with Josh Allen. He is being drafted the highest, like you said, but I think seventh round ADP is fair for him for what he did last season. He was the quarterback six on the season. Now, if we're looking at fantasy points per game, he was just the quarterback 11 at 18.6 fantasy points per game. His rushing ability is what makes him safe on a week-to-week basis. He never really hurt you. He wasn't also that weekly winner, though, either. He was just very, you know, steady, which is a good thing. Steady Freddy. You would like a little bit... You would like him to have a few more games that just really helped you win a week. That was kind of disappointing out of him. Now, he had nine rushing touchdowns last season and eight his rookie season. Do we expect that to keep up? Like, do you think he's going to continue to score seven-plus rushing touchdowns on the ground? So I think this is an interesting question because it sort of, uh, I think, lies at the feet of another guy that we really like. Is Zach Moss. Has anybody heard of Zach Moss? Has uh, anybody heard of us talk about Zach Moss? Is it Zach with an H? It's Zach with an H, yes. <laughs> um, I, I think that sort of Allen's production is going to be based off of how efficient Zach Moss is. So if Zach Moss is able to convert touchdowns at the goal line, which he will, by the way, um, I do think we have to expect some regression. I still think Josh Allen is the kind of guy that can break off a run and just make it into the end zone mm-hmm. on his own. So I think he's still going to have um, you know, some upside there, but I think you have to expect some regression, right? I do. And I still expect him to get about five rushing touchdowns. I think that's very fair. We saw Cam Newton, who a player I comp Josh Allen to, right? Like, I think Josh Allen plays very similar to Cam Newton. uh, And Cam Newton had his years of five touchdowns, six touchdowns. Like, he didn't always score a ton of rushing touchdowns. And now last year, Josh Allen did get in the end zone nine times. But four of those rushing touchdowns came after Frank Gore was given a chance multiple times at the one or two yard line. Like Gore, you know, I have a tweet out there, but Gore had two chances at the two yard line, failed, Allen scored on fourth down. Gore had three chances, failed, Allen scored on fourth down. And then two more, chan- two more similar uh, you know, drives like that. So if those four touchdowns Frank Gore just got in, that's already putting Josh Allen at just five rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I, I think I think he'll be fine. I do think that there are other late-round options. So if you're not looking to spend, like he, he's going as that mid-range quarterback one. If you're not looking to draft a quarterback in this, in this range, though, I think there are plenty more options. But Josh Allen is a guy that I think really represents safety at the position. Yeah. I still think he rushes for a lot of yards. 
so I don't think Zach Moss, the addition of him, hurts his rushing yards just for the fact that Allen actually doesn't get that many designed runs. He's not like Lamar Jackson where they designed too many runs for him. Josh Allen's more of a scrambler. So he's going to scramble out of the pocket. He's going to rush for a lot of yards because he can break away from defenders and get, you know, gain a lot of yards on any given play. So I think his rushing stats are safe just not the touchdowns. And My then, only question, do you think with the presence of Stephon Diggs, he's got John Brown, he's got Cole Beasley, like these are easily the best wide receivers that he's played with so far in his career. Yeah. Improving that wide receiver core, does that, you think, make Josh Allen maybe less prone to running? Like maybe he doesn't have to scramble as much. Well, any, if anything, it might give him more room to run because if he rolls out of the pocket and defenders have to worry about Stephon Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley and so on, he might have more space to actually break away a Who would have thought would be noting Cole Beasley as that <laughs> guy to beat? But you're right. I do think he has more passing attempts, but that's good for him in fantasy. I, I think he could throw more passing touchdowns. If his rushing t- touchdowns come down, all that has to happen is that his passing touchdowns come up. And I do think that Stephon Diggs added to this offense is really good for him. But he's still going in that seventh round. There are still so many good players there, like especially wide receivers that I probably would rather draft over a quarterback. So I'll probably pass on Josh Allen this year. I will too. He was so fun last year because he wasn't being drafted highly yeah, enough. He was going in like the 13th round, so he was a perfect draft uh, draft pick, but no, not so much. What about Cam Newton? He is going in the 13th round this year. He is the quarterback 21 coming off draft boards. He was the quarterback eight the last time we saw him in 2018. He was scoring 20.2 points per game, and now he's going in the 13th round, late 13th round, because he's in New England. His weapons aren't fantastic. I'll give him that. But what we know from Cam Newton is he scores his fantasy points also with his legs, just like Josh Allen. Is he healthy enough to do that still? Is he getting past that age where we can trust his rushing stats? What are your thoughts on Cam Newton? Cam Newton is my pick out of out of these uh, quarterbacks. Okay, so if you had to pick one, you'd go with At his current price, yes. Yeah. It is Cam Newton for me. Um, and I think something to note, so you brought up the 2018 season. He was the quarterback eight in fantasy points per game. He was also banged up a lot of that season. Yeah. Uh, when when you saw him actually healthy, I think it was up until like the Steelers-ish game. I think we were at that game. I think the Steelers uh, hurt his shoulder. Yeah, yeah I, I think he became injured. And prior to that, he was a top five quarterback. Like, let's not forget that. Because he is like every time he plays – because that rushing ability just yes. is on such a safe floor and such a high ceiling. I think we're forgetting about how good Cam Newton is as a fantasy quarterback. And we're pointing to his weapons. Well, he's never had good weapons. And we've never relied on him using his wide receivers to score fantasy points. And I think Julian Edelman and maybe Nikhil Harry could be as good as weapons as he's ever really had. Like Hashtag who, James who, White, yo. Yeah, James White. Like, who has he really had besides CMC is better than... Like by a mile. That is a hot take. (laughs) CMC, you're going to take CMC over James White? But he really only had CMC for what, one year? Yeah. Before he got injured. So he's dealt with a lot of bad skill position groups. 
I don't think this is any different. It all comes down to his health. Can he stay healthy? Is he, you know, moving just as well? It looks like, I mean, just based, I know we don't buy much into the off-season hype videos, but Cam Newton looks to be in really good shape. He is one of those guys that has an attitude, right? Like, he's got the swagger. He seems very determined to come back with a vengeance this season. They don't even have a running backs, really. Like, honestly. Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, Lamar Miller. Like, he could be the leading rusher on this team. And Tom Brady last season had the most carries out of any quarterback inside the five. That sounds crazy. That sounds like a made-up stat. I promise Tom Brady had the most carries inside the five for any quarterback. You don't think that's going to stay the same with Cam Newton? Like, he's going to get the rushing touchdowns. Sony Michelle can't get into the end zone. I'm not trusting that Damian Harris or Lamar Miller ends up stealing a bunch of touchdowns. Like, I think Cam Newton has the opportunity to score eight-plus rushing touchdowns. In his rookie season, scored 14 rushing touchdowns. That is psychotic. Yeah. Normally, Cam Newton, in any given year when he's healthy, he's going as a top six quarterback in drafts like you have to take him in the first six rounds or so now he's going in the 13th round this is a great year to take him try it out if it doesn't work oh well drop him like that's fine his starting schedule is pretty decent i mean you start against miami then seattle that's fine the raiders and the chiefs like that's that's a pretty good starting schedule I, i like taking a shot on him now, what about the two undrafted guys? Would you take a shot on either Sam Darnold or Ryan Fitzpatrick in in fantasy this year? I'm not super excited about Sam Darnold. I think he might be one of those players that we just sort of cut out of the picture a little bit early. Um, I, I think that he's still got potential. He's not, like, dead to me, which I feel like he's dead to a lot of people. But he is also a guy – he had a really rough season uh, last year, you know, had mono weirdo and (laughs) (laughs) what grown adult gets mono i love how you just say weirdo oh my god just such a weird situation there but even when he came back and he was healthy you had like the the new england game it was just a whole catastrophic disaster i do think darnold is i think he's a streaming option like if you want to pick him up off waivers when he has a very good matchup when he has a very good matchup he can score fantasy points we saw at the end of last year he was actually usable at some points but if he's in the harder games like he's not usable at all like i don't think you can draft him and count on him he doesn't have the clutch factor yeah, you cannot count on him week to week, especially in fantasy. He doesn't have good wide receivers or at least reliable wide good receivers. Good enough, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not trusting Sam Darnold as a draft pick, but I do think he can be used as a streamer at some points of the season. This is his starting schedule. Tell me you can draft him and start him at the beginning of the season. He goes against the Bills, who are one of the hardest for Ooh. fantasy quarterbacks. Then the 49ers, another one of the hardest. The Colts, not an easy defense, and then Denver. You're not going to want to start him at all in those first four weeks. You cannot draft him and just keep him there on your on your roster. No, 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 no. No. Just in general, like, Jets don't have a super easy schedule in 2020. You might be able to stream him week to week, but definitely not a guy I think that's worth drafting. Not draftable. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Mm. Because... Last year, the second go-around, so his first time starting in the beginning of last year wasn't pretty. So they went back to Josh Rosen, wasn't pretty. They come back to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know what? He lit it up, and that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. You're either going to get 
the best quarterback or the worst quarterback. There is no in-between whatsoever. And maybe we will get the great quarterback. Do we trust that's what we're going to see out of Fitzpatrick next year? It seems like it's like every other year for him. He was like, he was the quarterback three in fantasy points per game from week seven through 17. And that was his second stint there as the starting quarterback. Quarterback three in fantasy. What, yeah. Do you trust him? I mean, his schedule's pretty decent. Eh, no, it's really not. It starts against New England. It goes against the Bills. That's a really rough two weeks. New Travers, England yeah. New England has had a lot of defensive opt-outs, so I yeah. think it's sort of hard to project. But when we saw him tear them apart last year, yeah. week 17, the thing with Fitzpatrick, you don't even have to look at schedule. He's either on or off. He's either on or off. It doesn't matter who he's facing because he's just going to chuck the ball. And it's either going to get to the wide receiver, it's going to be intercepted six times. I'm probably not going to mess with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's a fun guy to root for, and you could probably do worse. He is, and I think the other thing you can look at, it's not like Miami has really bolstered their run game. I think they have some decent pieces, which we'll get to, but this is definitely going to be an offense that needs to throw the ball. I don't think... Their running back core is is good enough to strictly lean on them moving forward. I think he's going to probably average at least, like, I would guess 37 pass attempts per game. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Maybe even more. Uh, one thing before we roll into the running backs here in the East, I did want to point out that uh, if anyone's worried about Cam Newton versus Jarrett Stenum and who's going to win that battle, it looks like Stenum's having a pretty rough uh preseason so far in practice he's thrown seven interceptions over the last couple practices today he went two for six with two interceptions so six attempts and threw two interceptions during that cam newton's looking much better out there everyone's saying it's not really competition it's it's going to be cam newton's job don't worry about it cam newton is the new england patriots quarterback for 2020 as long as he stays healthy. Whew. All right, moving on to the running backs. We get to talk about our favorite running back I think, honestly, we should probably keep this limited because we've – how many times can you beat a dead horse? I know, I know. But we do have to talk about who we draft here in this backfield. Let's start with the Bills backfield, our favorite backfield, with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Now, two players we absolutely love, but they're going at extreme different – Draft position. So Holy Moses. In, in redraft right now, Devin Singletary's ADP has risen to the 309. He's the running back 19 coming off the board. Zach Moss still, I mean, not in the drafts we're doing because we draft him so high or, you know, people we play, play with are a little bit higher on Moss. But it looks like in normal leagues that you, you will be in, he's going as the running back 52 in the 13th round. Zach Moss will win you a, a championship in your home leagues. Just saying. So are we drafting? We, obviously, we already know we love Zach Moss. We're drafting him everywhere. He's having a fantastic camp so far. And from the Bills beat reporters, they're saying he's going to be heavily involved pretty soon. Like, he's looking really great in camp, and they won't be surprised uh, if he has a huge workload coming into his rookie season. And it's only been a couple practices, so he has more time. I know they're starting to tackle today, so we'll see if there's more good news Ooh. that comes out. But let's focus here on Devin Singletary then. He's going at the end of the third, early fourth. Are you drafting him? 
Uh, Do you think no. that both can be really good? I love Devin Singletary's talent. I think he's great on the ground. Not a great pass catcher, but he could get the targets, you know, but he doesn't do much with them in college or his rookie season in the NFL. Are you, is there enough to go around? I think there's enough to go around. You're looking at a Bills offense that has a rushing quarterback. They like to run the ball. They have a strong defense. That I feel like is going to be the MO this season. I just don't, all all of the upside things that you want in a running back, receiving ability, Zach Moss, uh, size, Zach Moss. Touchdowns. Touchdowns, Zach Moss. It's so hard for me to conceive drafting Devin Singletary just because I do think that those things that give a running back so much potential, all of those fall with Zach Moss. So I'm not really sure. We saw last year Devin Singletary be uber efficient, like amazing on the ground. He still wasn't really playable for fantasy. Like we loved him so much, but you couldn't, you didn't feel good about putting him into your lineup because he wasn't scoring the touchdowns. He wasn't getting those receptions. So he would get 60, 70 yards on the ground because he's so efficient, even off of like 12, 15 carries. But if you're just getting 12 to 15 carries and you're not getting those touchdowns, you're not getting those receptions, you're going to see a lot of 70 to 90 yard games, seven to nine points. Like that's not really going to get you far. And you're drafting him in the third, fourth round compared to last year. He's going, you know, right around where Moss is going right now in that 13th, 14th round. That's going to hurt you a bit. I'm not drafting him. I love the talent, love his ability on the ground. I'm not, I'm not drafting him for fantasy. And I, I, again, we, we really like Devin Singletary, but I think the thing in my mind that made Devin Singletary, uh, you know, a, a potentially great asset for fantasy was the thought that he was going to get the bulk of the workload. And I don't think that's going to happen. We anymore. thought with Frank Gore gone, Devin Singletary is finally going to be year, used near the goal line and he could be used there. Like that's, what's irritating. Like, I think he's good enough. I think he would get in. You saw it in college. He was a touchdown machine. You saw it last year when they used him. He was really good. And I, I, even though he's small, I still think he can bulldoze people. Or, but Zach Moss can also bulldoze, yeah. and he's heavier. Like, why not use it? I don't know. Yeah, I think they're, they've already said that they're going to use pretty much in their way. They said Zach Moss will be used around the goal line. So Yeah, I mean, I think both of these guys are, are great players, but... The difference in ADP to me is absolutely astounding, especially with the fact that Devin Singletary isn't a receiver. I, At that price, give me a Mark Ingram seven times out of five. Yep. Seven times out of five. Seven times out of five. All That's right. how much I feel about that. Let's move on to the next backfield. Uh, it's people. So we're excited about both of the Bills, right? Like we think they're both great talents. Then we move on to New England's backfield. Blech. You have a lot of people there. I mean, it's Sony Michelle, James White, Damian Harris, Lamar Miller, Rex Burkett. Lots of bodies. Do they all cancel each other out? We see Belichick at any given week just go with a different player. He doesn't care who it is. He's just going to throw people out there. They're all going to Brandon go. Bolden, you go. Like, Sony Michelle's dealing with his knee issues still. Foot. Oh, foot issue. Lamar Miller is still out with the ACL recovery. But Sony Michelle also still does have bad knees. So you're dealing with the foot issue, bad knees. James White now, without Brady, let's see if he's still used as much in the passing game. Now, Cam Newland did use CMC a ton in the passing game. So we can try to say maybe he'll he'll target him. 
And there's not a ton of wide receivers there, so James White could definitely still be used. Not drafting Lamar Miller. Damian Harris in the last round is interesting. Maybe he becomes the lead back there. What do we do with this group? Ugh. I don't know. Um, do you, I think are you just staying away? Because I think that's a fair answer. There is one one guy I want, and it's sort of based on the idea that he will be used more as a rusher this season. We saw it in 2018. James White, okay. uh, when he had 94 carries, which, it, let, I mean, let's be honest, he is, you know, a veteran who knows the offense well. Uh, we know Bill Belichick trusts him. Um, he's a great receiver. I think that he has all the makings of someone with upside. And I think like the reason I wasn't in on him last year was because his draft cost was so high and I didn't really see an opportunity for him to get uh, 94 carries again, but it was mostly the rushing touchdowns that year. I think he had like five and that's probably never going to happen again, but I agree with you here. James White's going so much later than he was last year. I think he's become a value again, especially this year. You know, average, um, let's see, average eh, 94 targets per season over yeah. the last four years. And they, I, they haven't done enough to add any receivers to this. Um, if anything, it's even worse. I, like, I think it's going to be the James White show. I agree. I'm still not like targeting him, but if he falls and I need it, you know, I need a running back because I'm shallow there. I think James White's a pretty solid draft pick. All right, let's move on to the next backfield. Another Uh. kind of gross one. Le'Veon Bell, who was highly inefficient last year in a, a bad offense with a bad offensive line. He saw a huge workload, and now we add in Frank Gore. And Frank Gore should not matter, but we know that coaches just love Frank Gore, and they play him. Even if there's someone way better like Devin Singletary last year, they still felt the need to play Frank Gore. There's already been reports that Adam Gase wants to lessen Le'Veon Bell's workload, and he's going to do that with Frank Gore. Why? Why? Because he's Adam Gase. <laughs> I don't even think like Le'Veon Bell's that good anymore. He's been highly inefficient since 2017. But last year we saw he was a viable fantasy option because he saw a ton of volume and a ton of targets. He was still only the running back 20 in fantasy points per game, and he saw a ton of volume. So now if we're saying he was just a volume play, that might be taken away a bit. How do we feel about Le'Veon Bell? Are you drafting him? He's going in the third round. I can't picture him. When push comes to shove, I can't picture him actually being taken in the third round. I think he's going to continue to fall. Okay. Um, but in terms of Le'Veon Bell, I think there's sort of a, a big range of outcomes, right? 311 touches in 2019 that ranked eighth most in the NFL among all players. Average 3.2 yards per attempt. That is pure, hot, fiery, stinky garbage. (laughs) Like, that's bad. But also, like, that's not really what made him valuable, right? Like, the carries. That's not what made him valuable in fantasy leagues. It was the receptions. Like, Frank Gore is not going to take those away. Yeah, you're right. So, like, if Frank Gore gets 100 carries that... Does it really matter? Because Bell wasn't doing anything with those anyway. If I'm in a standard league, I would never even touch Bell whatsoever. No. You're not going to be able to 
play him confidently. There's not going to be enough scoring opportunity. And all of his upside comes from those receptions. And it's not even like he's getting many yards on those receptions. He's just getting the points. He's catching the ball. He's catching the ball. And that's why some people don't like PPR. Le'Veon Bell in 2019 is the exact reason people don't like PPR. And his teammate, Jamison Crowder, honestly. Yeah, those two people are the reason why anyone can say anything bad about PPR. It's those two examples. And I think that's a lot of what we'll get again this year. So in full PPR leagues, if you want to draft Bell, I'm sure he'll be okay. I Something don't else see worth ceiling. noting, he did, um, there's been some hype recently that, you know, he showed up last season. You know, he definitely wasn't in the correct shape. Um, you know, despite all of the training he did, he wasn't quite up to speed for NFL game after being out of the lineup, right? So is there a chance that, you know, we see this new Le'Veon Bell, everybody says he looks to be in great shape at a low playing weight. It Maybe this is where we see him start to get some of that efficiency back. And honestly, maybe lightening his load will actually be good for his efficiency. Sometimes we see that, like when a guy is playing – 75% of offensive snaps, they get tired. You know, Bell has had a lot of touches on him. Maybe it is good to limit them. And maybe Frank Gore coming in does help his efficiency. I I, I don't know what it is, but I'm not totally out on Lev Bell, and it feels gross. So I'm totally out, So and it feels good. <laughs> you should try to jump on with me. Let's move on to the last backfield in this division. We have Miami, and they brought in two new backs this year that we have not seen play in this offense. Jordan Howard and Matt Boreta. they're going right around each other in drafts. Like, you can wait a long time and draft either one. One's going, Howard's going as a running back 40 in the ninth round, and Matt Boreta's going as a running back 38, also in the ninth round. So you can pick which one do you want. Now, Jordan Howard's a pretty good running back. He's a pretty good NFL running back. Hasn't been great for fantasy because he's not involved in the passing game. Matt Barreta also hasn't been used in the passing game in his career very often. But there have been reports that Miami wants to use Barreta out of the slot. And he will be that pass-catching back. We'll see if it actually works. Especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He doesn't dump it off a whole lot. And last season, we saw running backs struggle mightily behind this line. I mean, there was no good running back, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was the leading rusher last year. (laughs) Does this, you know, are you interested in either of these two backs? I'm a little bit more interested in Jordan Howard, just because I think that if there are going to be scoring opportunities Mm -hmm. as a rusher, I think he's going to be the guy. When he was in Philly last year, we actually saw him take a nice uptick in workload. Um, even despite the presence of Miles Sanders, he was heating up a bit. He was on pace for, you know, over, uh, I think, near 1,100 scrimmage yards, on pace for 13 touchdowns on the season. Like, that's a that's a pretty solid running back. Mm-hmm. And if you can get that, you know, maybe not as, as your starter, but if you have that sort of um, potential in your flex – that's really solid. Like if you're able to play this guy week to week um, and, and use him when you need him. I, he was ranked as like the running back 16 in the games that he was active last year in PPR formats. That's astounding because he doesn't catch balls. Yeah, that is. And I, I think it, it really just comes down to the touchdown upside. Um, you know, you said it with Breda. It's not like he's shown us um, 
shown us much either. At, at least with Jordan Howard, we have seen him fulfill the, the role of a, a workhorse back, right? He's had three, uh, prior to last season, he had three seasons in a row with 250 carries plus. I think Jordan Howard's probably the right choice here. I don't think he's a ceiling play whatsoever, but if you want someone safe that you know you can plug into your lineups that should get a decent amount of carries, I would go with Howard. I think what scares me is if that offensive line has took a step up. I mean, there's a lot of new pieces there. They're young. They're probably not too great yet. <laughs> but I think Jordan Howard's a good running back. So if you want to draft a guy that has touchdown potential, I would go with Howard. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the wide receivers. A lot to get to, but not a lot of really high-profile names. A lot of wide receivers that people are actually scared to draft. Uh, so let's dig into those and let people know who they should draft and who they shouldn't. We'll kick it off with the Bills. So we've got Stephon Diggs, right, mm-hmm. who has come to town now. He's supposedly going to be the wide receiver one. He will be the wide receiver one on that mm. offense. He he will be. Right he off the be, bat? Yes. He, he will line up in the X. He'll probably definitely get the most targets in this offense. Hmm. I, I mean, every single video coming out of camp is Allen to Diggs. It's just, like, really overdone. Like, they're really trying to prove that Diggs is fantastic. I do think Diggs is by far the best talent. In this offense, I still don't want him in fantasy. He's always been a very inconsistent fantasy producer. A lot of that had to do with the offense he was in in Minnesota. But guess what? He didn't go to an offense that's going to make him any more consistent. It's not like he went to the Saints where the you know yeah, or, or exactly just a pass heavy offense. No, he, he went to another offense that is lower in the league in passing attempts. He is like John Brown and Cole Beasley will still be pretty involved in this offense, and now they're going to have more space to work. So, no, I'm not drafting Stephon Diggs. He's going as a wide receiver 26, fifth round ADP. I think that's fair, but when you look at the wide receivers, he's going right around the DJ Moores, Keenan Allens, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin. I would take every single one of those players over Stephon Diggs. Yeah, and I, I think Stefan Diggs is a guy that I'm going to be targeting in best ball instead of I think that's fair. redraft because I don't want to figure out when to start Stefan Diggs. And for best ball, for those of you who don't know, you draft a team and you don't ever have to pick a lineup. It's amazing. Yep, so you just like, it, it depends on the system, but usually it's your top 10 highest scoring players uh, based on the rules of, you know, which positions you need. They just you just get those points on any given week, so you don't have to start a lineup. It's Set just it and forget players. it. Yep, exactly. You it's just, amazing. You draft and forget it. So when Stephon Diggs does have those great weeks, those count for you. And when he has those bad weeks, you don't get hurt. So I do think he's a, a good pick there. But in a normal 2020 league, uh, I'm staying away from him. Now, what about John Brown? He's going as a wide receiver, 43, ninth round ADP. We saw him last year kind of have a breakout season with the Bills. He was a wide receiver, 20, 12 points per game and half PPR. Are you still looking his way? We were really high on John Brown last year. He produced, and now people are forgetting about him again because of Diggs. Is there enough targets to make both Diggs and John Brown happy? I, I, ugh, ugh. I don't know. I think the thing with Brown, 
I actually have Brown projected for more targets, and I like okay. maybe I need to re, maybe I need to revisit that. And I as I continue to to comb over um, my projections for the season, but I, I think that we saw Josh Allen look like an NFL quarterback when he was throwing to John Brown. I don't think that's just going to go away. Like, so John Brown's yards per reception last year was around 14. So I do think he can lose targets, but he could be targeted deep more often so that yards per reception can go up. Where he's still a pretty solid fantasy wide receiver. I think he's not going to be as consistent as he was last year. Like all the way up until week 11, John Brown was a really good wide receiver and then you had a few games there where he had 39 26 26 yards that really hurt you because he was doing so well for so long you were expecting it but it was against Denver Dallas Baltimore like those aren't easy matchups so I I'm excited and I think Stefan Diggs is going to get all of the focus on defenses it's really going to open up space for Brown for Beasley Beasley's not draftable but you know you can have some nice plays I think what Stephon Diggs does for this offense, he helps everyone else around him. Yeah. But I don't know if it, I, I don't want him in fantasy. But he makes the running game easier. He makes Josh Allen's life easier. He makes the wide receivers' lives easier. If we're thinking about which one of these I'm drafting, though, it's easily John Brown. I only have them, um, I'm looking at my projections for the season. I have them projected out uh, John Brown to have. Um, 15 more points than Stefan Diggs. They're very close in my rankings. So if that's my choice and I can either take one in the fifth round or take John Brown in the ninth, I'm gonna I'm gonna take John Brown because I don't think the difference between his production and Stefan Diggs proje- production will be significant enough to make him worth that pick four rounds earlier. Yeah, I'm trying to see where I have him. So I have Diggs as my wide receiver, 26, where he's going. Uh, And then John Brown, I have quite a bit lower at wide receiver, 39. And it's about 30 points different on the season. I would still rather take the shot on John Brown late, because you can get him in the ninth. And uh, I'm going with a different wide receiver in the fifth over Diggs. So I do agree with you there. Moving on to the next group. We have some news out of New England, actually. So we're, we're about to talk about Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. But I guess out of training camp today, Julian Edelman hasn't really looked right. Apparently, he's dealing with some sort of injury in camp. He was limited on Tuesday. And then I guess today, he, after a play, he threw his helmet and went to the trainer. And he's you know he didn't really get any reps after that. So something to monitor there with injuries. But if we're going to say Edelman's going to be fine, he's ready to go, is he being underrated? Oh, my God, yes. He was a wide receiver 13 last year in half PPR, 12.8 points per game. He's going much later now. He is 34 years old, and he has a different quarterback. But I think he is probably being underrated. He is a a shifty slot receiver. That is what... He does well, and that like that can translate so easily from quarterback to quarterback. Yeah, translates much easily, uh, much more easily than uh, maybe your ex on the outside. I think that this could be a really natural pairing for Cam Newton right off the bat, and he's he's a perennial wide receiver one, and he is being drafted as a a low end, a bottom tier wide receiver three. Um, especially in PPR leagues. He's been a target monster for the last three years. 
I don't see that changing as long as he's on the field. And what his competition is Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, like yeah, I think he's a good pick. He's going in the eighth round, and if he's healthy, I actually really like taking that shot on him. He would be your wide receiver three or four on your roster. Like, that's a pretty good value. Now, Nikhil Harry, the second-year player, rookie, didn't do much. He was injured. But are you trusting him going into his second year with Cam Newton? I guess, I mean, reports are coming out that he's still having trouble separating from corners at practice. He's never really been known as a separator, though. He's more of a contested catch guy. So that shouldn't be too big of a news, but I don't I don't really want to take a shot on him. No. Their defense should still be good, even though they lost pieces. I think they're going to run the ball. Like, I'm not really into Nikhil Harry. Unless Julian Edelman is more hurt than we know then maybe Nikhil Harry becomes interesting. And we saw staying away. We saw Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Uh, we saw Nikhil Harry make some uh, big plays when he was actually on the field last season. Um, not a ton because he just he wasn't on the field, and when he was, he wasn't super healthy. But you saw some flashes. Maybe this is your buy low opportunity in a dynasty league for him. I still think that window is open. But I will say, if we open the season and Nikhil Harry comes out looking like a uh, more developed wide receiver, you're not going to be able to buy him a dynasty. So, like, if you're interested in Nikhil Harry, I think this is sort of your last shot. Yeah, but in uh, redraft, I'm no. staying away. All right. Le- uh, oh, not last one. We still have to do the Jets in Miami. So, Jets. So, basically, last one. <laughs> yeah. The Jets wide receiver group is Jamison Crowder, wide receiver 49, going in the 10th round. And then Perriman and Denzel Mims. And you can get both of them much later. So, really, you get your choosing out of this group. Who are you going with in fantasy? Are you trusting the ending of the season for Perriman? Is he a new wide receiver now? Or was it just because Winston can make any wide receiver gold? I I think if I'm in a PPR league, I have to roll with Jamison Crowder just because he does get so much of that volume. It doesn't mean he's going to surpass 20 yards in any single game, but <laughs> he might have 20 receptions in any single game. He's 20 receptions for 31 yards. But I want to call him, I'm going to re- rename him. He's James eh, Sin Crowder. <laughs> okay. Like, like that's it. that's what he is, but he still might win you a week. And it's disgusting, but you're James Listen, eh, Sin. If I can have him in my flex every week, I, it, I'm in a full PPR league. I can just plug Jamison Crowder into my flex every week. I'm okay with that. If I have other other guys in my roster, my starting lineup that have a higher ceiling, Jamison Crowder in PPR is going to get me 10 points. And you're minimum. drafting him as a wide receiver for wide receiver yeah. five. So. I actually really like Crowder just because of that. Now, if you're in a standard league, it totally back. Like, I don't oh, want No. And then Perriman and Denzel Mims. Mims has been a rookie I've been very high on. He should have a great opportunity to produce early. However, he's been missing all of practice due to a hamstring injury. And hamstring is not good to begin yeah. with. Something I don't want... Something that lingers and then also we're worried about rookies this offseason and the amount of time they've had to get acclimated to the NFL. And if he's missing all of this practice time, he still hasn't started practice. I cannot draft him. But someone I'll be keeping an eye on throughout the season and maybe trying to get off waivers if he shines. And you like Perriman. I do. 
How and why? <laughs> I mean, Perry Men's a guy that I, you and I had both watched a lot of, even in Cleveland. And I think he's just always stood out to me as a guy who's able to make plays, just not given the opportunity to make them very often, which I don't know what that says about him in general. But we have to look at the last five games of 2019 um, and I know that, you know, obviously there were injured pieces in that offense. You had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. He was like the de facto number one now. But let's also look at the fact that like that's what he is with the Jets offense, right? Like he had uh, 37 targets over the last five games. That's a 16 game pace of 118 targets. Now, can he be that efficient as he was in Tampa Bay? Probably not. I don't think he can because you... There's a, a very, very big difference between Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston. Sam Darnold is not going to throw that that ball up into the air and just hope it lands in the right hands. I, I just don't believe that's going to happen. But Brashad Perryman, when he's got the volume, he's looked really good. He's been explosive. It gives... Um, I, I think Brashad Perryman is an upgrade on Robbie Anderson, right? Like, mm-hmm. how many shots are we going to give to Robbie Anderson? Maybe we need to give up on Robbie Anderson. Like, I feel like we've had excuses for him every single season. Never managed to get 1,000 receiving yards. But we saw Brashad Perryman accomplish a lot in 2019. We saw flashes. Now he's being given the opportunity to actually get volume I I think he could be like a really, really sneaky late round pick. Uh, and in the drafts that I've had so far, I think I've walked away with Brashad Perryman in almost all of them. I don't think he's a bad pickup. I don't trust last season. He is a former first round pick. I know. and He's not nothing. With the Browns, too, at the end of that he season. He great. He does look He does look pretty decent. So maybe... I think he can be better than Robbie Anderson in that offense. It all depends on if Denzel Mims steps up the way I think he does. I don't think there's a I don't think Sam Darnold's going to make multiple great fantasy wide receivers. I would give Perriman a shot though. I think he just talked me into him. Let's move on to our last group of wide receivers. It's really only two we have to talk about in Miami. It's Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. So Devontae Parker Finally broke out last year, fifth season. Only took him five seasons. See, what if this is Brashad Perryman's year? He doesn't have Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, and that's the issue. True. Ryan Fitzpatrick can make any wide receiver good for fantasy. Now, Parker was a wide receiver seven last year in half PPR leagues, and nobody cares. Like, he's going pretty late. Sixth, seventh round pick. People aren't trusting in that fifth year breakout. They're trusting the four years before that. I'm actually pretty high on Parker this year. I think we saw his talent. Like he was beating really good corners and like on his routes, they were pretty. I think Devontae Parker is a better wide receiver than we're giving credit for. I think Adam Gase is a terrible coach and I think he just <laughs> w- destroys people's careers. And that's what he did with Devontae Parker and Kenyon Drake. And now we're seeing both of them flourish under new coaches. And I I trust the talent of Parker. I get the splits. People say, well, it only happened when Preston Williams left. But I don't think that's necessarily fair either because weeks one through six with the Miami offense, they were just straight up terrible. And that's when Josh Rosen was still yeah, rotating I mean, for in parts the lineup. Of those games, uh, and they were scoring six, six whole offensive points a game. Yeah. 
Like that's what they were averaging from weeks one through six as a t- as an offense. And then when I we already brought this up when Fitzpatrick came back, they became a much better offense. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to use those splits. I'm willing to draft Devontae Parker at his ADP. I think he's a great pick, and I think he can, again, be a top 15 wide receiver pretty easily. I think the more interesting wide receiver is Preston Williams. He was undrafted last year, made a big splash at the beginning of the season. He's going in, like, the 11th round. Like, people are pretty high on him. I mean, that's not, like, a super early pick, but but for somebody Williams? For somebody that we've seen such a limited um, – just a limited body of work from. I feel like he's going pretty early, um, especially coming off an injury from 2019. We don't really know what to expect for him this you know, season whatsoever. Of Robert Foster this year. Oh. Someone that everyone's really excited about. If you look at that's, his... That's harsh. If you look at his stats, like, cool. He got seven, eight, you know, nine targets. He was being targeted. It didn't really amount to a whole lot. His catch percentage was only around 50 and then he, I mean, like, he only had more than 75 receiving yards in one game. Yeah. He only had a touchdown in two games. I don't really, I'm not as high on Preston Williams as everyone else is. And I think, you know, it maybe, maybe it is because he went undrafted. Like, maybe that's some of this hype because he does, um, he does seem to uh, have just, maybe a higher higher ceiling just from what we've seen so far than most undrafted rookies. Like, maybe that's the hype. I don't know. I need to watch, I think, more Preston Williams tape because I feel like there's just there's the something thing. I'm not getting, yeah. though. People get really excited because he has really, really good highlights. But he also, if you watch the full games, I mean, he's not as... I don't know. No, against against the, the Washington football team, six targets, two receptions for 31 yards. And we just have to think, like, if we're looking at the schedule, Baltimore, New England, the Chargers, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. So you're looking at these games, and you're like, okay, maybe he did. He, he was targeted more than Devontae Parker. But you have to think about the cornerback one on those teams are amazing. Yep. And maybe the cornerback two, you know, you're going to target your wide receiver two because... They're those, just more open. Yeah. I mean, those teams that they went against have elite cornerback ones. So I think that's something to also keep in mind. I am on the Devontae Parker train, not on the Preston Williams train. It's not like Parker's going in the third now, third round after his breakout. He's going late. You could still get him at a very great cost. So, well, and if you're somebody buying into those splits uh, with Preston Williams and without for Devonte Parker, that's sort of already built into the the cost, right? For for Devonte Parker and where he's currently being drafted, I just don't like. He's a, a 1,200 yard receiver with nine touchdowns, and he's not. And I think the news about Ryan Fitzpatrick being the starter for 2020, at least for the beginning, is really good news for him and Preston. All right, moving on to... You guys are on a first-name basis? Yeah, we're on first name. I call him Presty. (laughs) Tight ends. All right, let's just stick with... Vomit. Let's stick with the Dolphins here. Mike Isicki is being touted as a breakout candidate. He's going as a tight end 13, uh, ninth round ADP. So last year, he ran a lot of routes. And he saw a decent amount of targets. He didn't do a whole lot with them. Uh, he definitely didn't do anything until Preston Williams was out. But again, that whole offense didn't really do anything until later on in the season. Are we trusting the Mike Kosicki breakout? 
people are very high on him because he's super, super athletic, like insanely athletic. However, he broke zero tackles last year. <laughs> he was one of about like three people in all of the NFL with 75 plus targets that didn't break a single tackle. And the other people were Jason Witten and Hunter Henry. So you're compared, and that, we're not just talking <laughs> about tight ends, but that's all you're compared to is old man Jason Witten and Hunter Henry for breaking tackles. Like maybe your athletic ability isn't showing in, in a football game. Yeah, I, I our own uh, ball blast Matt Okada just put out a nice piece on Gasicki. Definitely was something making me maybe consider uh, his upside a little bit more than I have. The thing that I don't like is that he did have so much opportunity in 2019 and he didn't do much with it. Yeah, that's like that's my concern. And you've talked about this before with um, in the context of rookie running backs. If you have the opportunity, you're usually going to tell tell the people who you are. Right. Like you're going to show the people what you're doing. And I, I worry that maybe Gasecki showed us who he is. Uh, he was, you know, on the field constantly. Um, I think he ranked, what, second among tight ends in route run? Yeah. Like, he he was just, he. that's what you want in terms of receiving upside for tight ends. I'm, I'm willing to buy in at the tight end 13 draft cost because that – I mean, tight end nine is it's sort of nice like this ambiguous see, number, yeah. let alone 13. It's nice to see he's going to have the opportunity, right? There's no other tight end there that's going to take away opportunities. There's not a ton of skill position players that, you know, are going to steal all the targets. So I, I do think Kasiki is going to have the chance to break out, but I think he had that chance last year too, and he didn't. So I'm just a little bit skeptical. What about another player that could break out this year? We were expecting it last year. He was hurt all season. Chris Herndon with the New York Jets. He's going as a tight end 22 in the 14th round. I would much rather take a shot on Herndon than I would Gesicki. I mean, I think, honestly, the price is so different, and I think the upside is pretty similar. So from a, a draft perspective, I don't mind that at all, just considering cost. Chris Herndon is a guy who has had some off-the-field issues. He has had some issues staying healthy. I mean, literally, I think he played, what, like four snaps last year? It was limited. Yeah. Yeah, it was was very few. Um, You know, he was out early in the season, and then literally as soon as he stepped on the field. It was just a hamstring, and then it just kept lingering. That's what... That's why hamstring injuries can be so scary because they can linger for so long. You can be absolutely fine within like three weeks or they can linger all season long. And that's what's scary about the hamstring injuries. Chris Herndon, though, coming into this season, when I'm looking for breakout tight ends, kind of like I just brought up with Gesicki, it's I want them to be on a team where they could be the focal point of their offense because they don't have really anybody else. And when you're looking at the Jets, there's not a true wide receiver one. We already brought that up. Perriman might be able to do it in his fifth season, but probably not. And Herndon could have the opportunity to actually be the Jets' focal point of the offense. And Adam Gase has been talking him up this offseason. It's Adam Gase. Don't read too much into it. I think Herndon has the experience. He has the talent. I'm willing to punt on the position and take Herndon late. Or let's say we really like Higby. If I take Higby, he's also risky, and he's going earlier. To back that up, I might take a Herndon. I have two chances now for a breakout, and uh, just 
higher opportunity that I actually hit on one. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as for Dawson Knox, Devin Asiasi, no thank you. Yeah, um, Dawson Knox, I think, is in too crowded of an offense with too limited of passing attempts. It's, really... it's a run-first offense, and they've already added Stephon Diggs, who is going to command a higher target share. I'm not yeah. not buying it. I really like Dawson Knox. They say he's improved his pass blocking yeah. as well. That's not what you want to hear for fantasy. Great for Bills fans, great for the NFL, not good for fantasy. Devin Asiasi, I mean, he is getting hyped. He's getting hyped this offseason, and they really don't have anyone else there. They have no other tight ends, uh, who, whatever their starting tight end, I can't even think of his name right now, but he's holding out. He's opting out. Shouldn't say holding out. He's opting out. And Devin Asiasi, man, if you want to get wild up in here, if you have like a 22-round draft and you want to draft him super late, I say go for it. I want to draft him in like a 15-round league, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there anybody we missed? I feel like we we really dug into like the six fantasy relevant people in this division. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think <laughs> we can end it with draft sack moss. Draft sack moss. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Don't forget to check out ballblastfootball.com. dot